Hey, welcome, glad to have you with us on Gary on Guns. Seven minutes after the hour, Joe Gilbert on board, joegilbert.us. Uh, and we got a lot to talk about with Joe. And Joe, you didn't come alone. I did not. Got Andy here, so she just wrapped up. She just wrapped up three nights of uh, of training and uh, doing really well. So thought we'd bring her in and let her share some of her experiences. Good morning, Andy. Glad to have you with us. Good morning, Gary. Thank you for having me here. Uh, before I get to explain uh, who else is in studio with us, let me ask you, Andy. What was the impetus? What made you decide to go out and take this course? Well, um, I've been shooting for years, but uh, not regularly, and I wanted to feel much more comfortable handling my weapon and not just shooting at a target. I wanted to have uh, real-life training, you know, if something, if I was approached and uh, had to respond. So I wanted to feel much, much more comfortable with my gun. Well, I, I don't think you could have done any better than uh, going to joegilbert.us and getting Joe to, to, uh, to work with you. Uh, also in the studio, uh, here he is, the wonder the world awaited, uh, former uh, law enforcement, uh, former uh, firearms trainer, uh, Scott Van Kirk on board. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning, uh, Gary. I'm actually you're play actually, You're actually, uh, you're not really Larry Whalen, but you play him on radio. Exactly. He is um, uh, currently with the Traveling Road Show for a revival of Deliverance where he's playing Ned Beatty's character. And <laughs> oh, man. So he asked, me, uh, he asked me to come in and represent Modern Arms. So I'm, uh, I'm here from Modern Arms today at the, at the Brown Station location. Yeah, let us not forget to say that. Hey, today is National Hunting and Fishing Day. And uh, there's actually a museum. I don't know if you guys know this or not. There's actually a museum in Springfield. Is that Bass Pros Museum down there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I did know that. I've been there years and years ago. Yeah, you probably there when they shot the first buffalo. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, I. Uh, yes, I, I. Scott or Larry? Which <laughs> <laughs> character are we talking about? Well, it's his surrogate, so well, you gets, know, either way, he gets a double the heat. <laughs> uh, the big story, uh, literally for the last uh, week, has been uh, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her potential replacement on the Supreme Court, and this directly affects. Uh, gun rights in this country we uh, we spent the entire uh, last gun show talking about uh, the decision making process whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing to do and i think we mostly co uh, concluded that it is in fact the right thing to do for the president to nominate and politically he had no choice uh he has not just a constitutional obligation but if he doesn't do it it becomes uh the the perhaps the excitement that his opponents supporters lack uh would would uh, crop up if they thought the supreme court hung in the balance uh, they're not it, it, it's it's widely known that uh, uh vice president biden's support uh his supporters are not really excited he doesn't excite them the only thing that comes close to excitement for them is do you can get uh, donald trump out of the white house so this might excite them if he left it open. And at the same time, as he closes this gap and says, we are nominating somebody, uh, it's problematic in that the Democrats are screaming foul play. That aside, he had no choice. He did the right thing. He's, he's going to this afternoon, as, as confirmed anyway by Fox News, uh, Amy Coney Barrett is going to be uh, his nominee. Uh, I was looking at uh, John Lott, who's been a regular guest on the program, a piece that he wrote for Real Clear Politics, and she appears to be an originalist uh, uh, when it comes to the Second Amendment. Uh, she is confident that uh, 
the founding fathers meant this Second Amendment not for the government, but for the individual. Uh, and I think she's right, because I can't think of, maybe you guys can chime in, I can't think of any of the amendments the Founding Fathers put in the Constitution that don't relate to individuals. And the, the government certainly doesn't have freedom of religion. Uh, I do. Uh, and it goes right on down the line. Any, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's no disagreement there. No, every uh, every amendment constitution, every amendment to the Constitution, or what's you know, commonly referred to as the, the Bill of Rights, Bill of Rights, um, reflects an individual right um, and or how that individual is protected from overreach of government. So there is now a threat arising on the left, and I think uh, this will motivate. Um, probably Trump supporters more than uh, even Biden supporters, the Supreme Court issue. At first, I thought it wouldn't be uh, something that would drive people to, to go out and vote for Donald Trump. But because the, the uh, Democrats have begun threatening to load the bench, uh, now suddenly the, the Republicans think, wow, we've got victory in our grasp, and uh, they're going to try and yank it away. Uh, who wants to, uh, d d let me just, uh, uh, I'll go to Scott. Explain what loading the bench means. Oh, um, the uh, number of Supreme Court justices is not actually set, meaning that the Congress can come together and decide to uh, expand the number of Supreme Court justices, which apparently has happened one other time in history. It's been twice. as many as, okay, twice. All yeah. right. Been as many as 10, 12? 10. 10. Um, and I guess the most famous thread of it was under F was under FDR. Yep, and then if so, the perfect storm, and again, again, the the Democrats have already threatened this prior to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, un, uh, demise. The uh, purpose of loading the Supreme Court would, of course, be to add more justices under a Democratic regime, and then they would load the court with um, those justices that are sort of on their page, on their side, because. The left views the Supreme Court as a lawmaking body. They do not view it as strictly where they sit down and view and decide whether a particular law is constitutional or not. They see it as a way to push through actual legislative agendas that they can't really get passed on their own. Things that are actually unconstitutional. My yeah, opinion. I would argue, I would go a little bit further and say that they rely on it to protect uh, what would ostensibly be thought to be extra or unconstitutional legislation that they managed to pass uh, it, uh, at, in Congress. And, and then a lot of the pundits have talked about prior to, to, to Trump's actually, Trump actually making the, the announcement that he is going to go ahead and go forth with a nominee was, oh, we can't do that because the, the Democrats will load the bench. Well, the Democrats threatened to load the bench as early as a few months ago. I think they've done it before in the past that it's a, it's a strategy if they do it. If they get the opportunity to do it, they're going to do it. They're either going to do it or they're not going to do it, regardless of what uh, what steps he takes at this point. And the scary part about that is is the quasi-legislative action that, that all the people in the swamp uh, create. So we create all of these these rules and regulations. They enter them into the Federal Register, and they're enforceable as law. And so they load the bench, and there's no, no telling what they will write. EPA could be telling us, you know, we can all use one square toilet paper. All right. I mean, what California is going to get rid of? Uh, yeah. California is going to get rid of. Just such an ugly picture. I, I, well, yeah, I saw Cheryl Crow's face when I when I said that. Oh but. wow! 
<laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, California just recently decided that they're going to get rid of the internal combustion engine by yeah. 2035, right? So, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, no problem there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work just fine. So, um, all right, so let me ask uh, uh, anybody who wants to chime in on this, uh, do you think this will n not resonate with voters, what the Democrats are planning. Do you think that it will uh, make voters turn away from the Democratic Party? Or do you think it will engage them more? Uh, let, let me go to Andy. Well, I, I personally think that they would turn them away. I think that, uh, you know, the things that are going on in our country right now, it's it's... It's disturbing, number one, and to see that everything that how our country has worked so lovely over the years, and uh, I don't think that they would be engaging the Democrats if they choose to uh, load the courts. Yeah, it could very well backfire. People could say, "Look, this is a this is ugly. You lost fair and square, uh, and you shouldn't be altering the uh, makeup of the Constitution." The Democrats have one other plan that they just revealed. For the Supreme Court, we'll share it with you next. You're listening to Gary on Guns on Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And uh, I'm pleased to tell you that uh, Joe Gilbert is in JoeGilbert.us. Uh, really great advanced training. And something I think is very, very important to get, especially today. Uh, Joe has also brought with him Andy. She uh, has just uh, finished taking his course. And then uh, Scott Van Kirk, a.k.a. Larry Wayland from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Oh, you're filling in real nicely. You're doing... <laughs> he loves guns. Oh, he, I love yeah. guns. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if, if he could say rifle raffle. With rifle the same... raffle. Although I don't believe we have one going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Larry will still take the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yes. Um, after the show, I'm going to go to Modern Arms and sell myself a gun for higher than what it would normally cost me. That way I'd actually be Larry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Larry's new motto is, I don't need the money, but I'll take the money. Right. <laughs> Obviously, if he's out on vacation every other week. Oh, Lord. Uh, anyway, so we were talking about uh, Amy Coney Barrett and uh, her as a replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. With regard to the Second Amendment, the Democrats have threatened to load the bench, but that's not the only trick up their sleeve. And by the way, they have a way th that they've discussed already to guarantee that they never lose control of the federal government again. Uh, and that is to add uh, 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 Puerto Rico and give, uh, give it statehood uh, and give Washington, D.C. statehood. Uh, uh, two areas that uh, lean hard left that would guarantee Democrats... Uh, extra Senate seats, the Republicans would never recover from that. So that's also part of their plan. But there's uh, a new suggestion, and it's one of those suggestions that they can paint as, well, this only makes sense. It's only reasonable. And that is that Supreme Court justices be aged, uh, age-limited out. Uh, you reach a certain age, and you're automatically off the bench and up for replacement. Uh, I see some problems with this. Joe, do you, it, you know, it sounds good on the outside, but when you give it a little deep thought, it can be problematic as hell. Well, yeah, absolutely. Talk about um, 
throwing a wrench in the uh, in the gearbox, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a problem. Uh, I'm going to guess that they're going to set that age at two years younger than Clarence Thomas currently is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, at least. <laughs> Uh, the Founding Fathers uh, wanted them appointed for life because they didn't want them to be influenced by politics, but they really are influenced by politics, and, and, and the influence is different than the Founding Fathers envisioned. There was a time when you used advice and consent in the Senate to make sure that these weren't uh, uh, felons who were, you know, stealing money or, or that they were, you know, uh, not in some way a criminal uh, that they understood what they were doing and the, and the document they were supporting. Those were the, the, the uh, parameters for uh, nominating a Supreme Court justice. Now it seems to be abortion and gun control. Uh, and, and, and so it has become political, not so much in, in, the, you know, in the long run. It's not like politics in the long run affects, um, has any effect on Supreme Court nominees. But politics at the beginning do affect whether or not you get on the bench. Uh, if you're a Republican and the Democrats control the Senate, you get what they call borked. Uh, that was after uh, Judge Robert Bork was viciously attacked. And it seems like the Democrats are the ones playing by a, a different set of rules. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the Supreme Court is political. Amy, do you want to jump in on this? Or not? Well Andy. Andy. Uh, Andy, I'm yeah. sorry. Why did I say Amy? Andy. Yeah, well, looking I, I, around the, the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amy just stepped out. She was here. She wanted to have a smoke and a, cig and a, and a drink, and so uh, she'll be back. In the meantime, I'll throw Andy well, uh, in the ring. We do have an empty chair here, so I thought maybe she was here. No, no, no. That's <laughs> where Scott's sitting. So. No, that's where Scott's sitting. <laughs> I'm, an empty, I'm an empty suit and an empty chair. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? They, I believe it's become so political. It's, it's so hard to even watch anymore. Um, what they put uh, Justice Clarence Thomas through back in the day, um, and you know, and Kavanaugh recent, most recent. It's just it's disturbing. It's disgusting, and I really think that it's um, turns the American people off watching this in action. And um, uh, you know, the values of the the. the the level of values we hold for a person to sit on the, the, the court is, you know, very important to all of us. And, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's like everything that they've done in their lives is just trashed, and that's what they're, they're based on. So um, I think it's just become way too political. So that's yeah, why... It, again, and, it's, and it's a good... I think I, you know, I think I like that opinion. Kavanaugh, um, I mean, there was just nothing in, in uh, the Kavanaugh hearings that was above board and fair. I mean, they, they eviscerated this guy based on the testimony of a, a, a liberal who couldn't remember when, couldn't remember where, couldn't find a witness that was, you know, she contemporaneously told about the events. I mean, it was just totally, uh, it, it was like out of the blue completely. And then they threatened, if they ever get control of the Senate, to uh, impeach him if they can. So there, you know, there is ample reason to keep the Democrats out of control when it comes to the Senate, at least for the next four years, until perhaps cooler heads prevail. Uh, this just can't get anything but ugly. 
Any guy, anybody here have any ideas what they might throw at her? Is it, it you think it'll be just her religion and, and uh, the pro-life issue? I saw a couple of tweets about some rulings she made, and I don't know the details with some corporate, and it had to do with um, uh, racial disparity in staffing or something, and uh, they were already tossing that out that uh, that she is uh, not not friendly to diversity. I, I think that they're going to weigh heavily on the Catholicism um, and the pro-life position, which, you know, I mean, Clarence, Clarence, Tomlet, Clarence Thomas is, I, I think, Catholic, um, and... Um, it doesn't affect his rulings. I mean, he's a he's a. You can separate the two. If you can't separate the two, then arguably you probably shouldn't be on the court to be able to separate your religion from the law. And I'm not. We are not going to have an abortion debate, Gary. Um, no, but no. the. Uh, but I, I, but I, I think they're going to pull everything they possibly can. I think they are scrambling madly to find every decision that she's ever been involved in, every court case she's ever been involved in, up to and including if she was ever in private practice, and they are going to throw everything plus the kitchen sink at her. Yeah, uh, there is no doubt that is what they're going to do. I remember uh, the JFK uh, quote, I'm the Democratic nominee for president who happens to be Catholic. Uh, not the Catholic nominee for president. And I, and I honestly believe that she should include a, uh, a paraphrasing of that in her open, opening statement during her confirmation hearings. Yeah, let them let them shoot against their own historical uh, precedents with uh, JFK. Uh, I think that makes much sense. So we will see what happens, but she has argued strongly that uh, the Second Amendment is, in fact, for individuals that we have the right to own and bear arms, uh, we know that if the Democrats take over the Senate and or the White House, they will do everything in their power to overpower the conservatives uh, on the uh, justice on the Supreme Court. And I and I, I hesitate to use the word conservatives. I guess I do that because people more easily identify. I really don't care if you're a progressive, uh, a conservative, whatever. If you understand the Constitution and you are willing to. Uh, shoot down laws that that uh, uh, don't or that do conflict with what the founding fathers wrote in both that document and the Federalist Papers. If you're willing to support the 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 uh, document as it's written rather than reinterpret it, uh, that would determine whether or not I would support you or not. Um, and, and that should be the barometer for any Supreme Court justice. Here's the document. Do you understand it? Do you know what the uh, doctrine of enumerated powers is? Do the Bill of Rights uh, protect individual rights? If you say yes, you understand all these things and you can uh, demonstrate it, then you're qualified to be on the bench. All right, uh, we'll get you some news, get you up to date with what's going on around town and around the world. We'll talk about uh, a new uh, firearm that's uh, being used now by the Marines. You're listening to Gary on Guns on Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. 35 minutes after the hour. Um, Joe Gilbert from JoeGilbert.us uh, is in studio, a supreme trainer, and it is at a completely different level. It's not like just getting your permit training, although he does do that. He can take it well beyond that. Uh, and in today's environment, boy, I, I can't tell you how important it is to take that kind of training. JoeGilbert.us. He brought with him uh, one of his uh, students. Uh, she just uh, took the class. I tried renaming her early in the program, but she wouldn't respond to it, so we'll just call her Andy because that's the name her parents gave her. Uh, we also 
We also have on board with us Scott Van Kirk, a.k.a. Larry Whalen. Scott is a former law enforcement. He is also uh, a firearms trainer. And uh, he is uh, sitting in for Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Uh, not quite with the energy, but close. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Larry's a lot more compact than I am. You know, he's a lot shorter, um, uh, maybe a little more portly or husky. Well, didn't so, we already didn't so, we already determine <laughs> that you never see Elmer Fudd and and Larry at the same that's time? Right. I, and I like to, we'll see that that uh, <laughs> that compactness that I'm attributing to Larry. I think it it sort of um, it, it sort of brings that energy in. It's all like you know compacted <laughs> out there, and he's it's doing compressed. His, it's right. It's compressed. He's doing that Brown Station location, and he's just wanting to get it out there. Yeah. He's like a little gnome on crack. <laughs> I think Larry prefers yeah, Yosemite Sam than Elmer Fudd. But. And, I've, and I've seen him sleeping on people's front lawns, so, you know, maybe you're right. Anyway, oh, would you know him in Alaska? Of course I would. Um, all right, let me... The Marines have started using uh, M18 pistol. Uh, they had a lot of other firearms uh, in their arsenal, including uh, the, the uh, M45A1, uh, the M007, the M9. Uh, but they've uh, chosen the M18 now. It seems like they change their firearms, sidearms regularly. Uh, this is based on the P320. Um, and uh, let me just... Uh, let me start off, I guess, uh, with uh, uh, Scott, uh, a.k.a. Larry. Are you familiar with this firearm? I am. It's the um, the military, and I'm looking at Joe because he probably tracks this a little bit closer than I do. A couple of years ago, the U.S. military decided to uh, accept weapons for trials, new handguns for trials to replace the Beretta M9, which entered service in 1985. Um, and SIG is what came out on top of that. They had uh, introduced the P320. It was designated as the M17 for the Army. And uh, much like many other equipment issues, the Marine Corps seems to be the last service to receive new equipment. So they're finally getting around to doing that transition. The Air Force just recently did as well. If they're calling it the M18, it's still the same service pistol that the Army adopted, the M17. So let me uh, let me turn around and ask Joe this. Now you've got um, which one do you have? You've got one on uh, on rent that you can go into Target Masters where they can find you. By the way, every right. day. Yeah. If you're if they're looking for you. Yeah. Well, some people <laughs> Man, some people have out. a warrant when they're looking for them. Other people just walk in the door. <laughs> we have an M17 on the rent, and it's um, it's basically it's a 320. It's a, it's a really, it's a great gun. Yeah. And the, the M18, we had a few come in, and they uh, had a safety on them. And they, I, I've seen the headlines where it says the Marine Corps adopted the M18, and it's available in a compact size, which is not really compact. So take out of the grain of sand, but grain of salt. But the M18, my understanding originally was that was the civilian version of the M17. Mm -hmm. And whether it is is or is not i don't know but that's that's what we were officially told now it looks like um and the rank course are getting it as well as the civilians well so, and and the compact nature is really isn't isn't that that sig fire control group deal where you can just literally switch out frames yeah yeah so you can you it, it's the same firearm um the 320 wasn't the first one i'm trying to remember which one was the first one that sig produced 
that yeah, allowed like two thirty or so. It was a long. It was yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. that had this fire control group that allowed you to drop the essentially the part that made it a gun into three different frame sizes or what we would call frame sizes. Uh, I figured it out. So the M eighteen <laughs> is the official sidearm. It was the civilian version of, of it, and it's also the official sidearm of the U.S. Marine Corps. So. Because they won't ever supply the Marines. They just expect the Marines to steal them from their neighbors. All right, guys. Loot the gun stores. Arm yourselves. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving along here, um, the demand for firearms is through the roof. Uh, we all know the Nick's check uh, records are, are just soaring uh, with the numbers of people, which is, by the way, one of the reasons I think that uh, the left politically... Uh, need to back off their push for gun control, uh, and, and 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 they make a mistake. Joe Biden is making a mistake uh, pushing for it because I think they're something like in excess of five million new gun con- uh, new gun owners uh, in the United States in, in just the last several months. Uh, so, with that in mind, just how hard is it to get a SIG? Uh, are, are they in short supply? Are they coming in uh, regularly, uh, Joe? Nothing is coming in regularly. Yeah. Virtually all firearms, except for the very high-end and hunting weapons, are um, allocated. So the distributors are calling and saying, we have one of these, two of these. And if you say no, it goes to the next dealer. Mm-hmm. So that's the way we get all of our guns. That's the way I understand all the distributors are working. Um, the best bet, uh, really, is gunbroker.com and then have them ship it to mm-hmm. your local dealer. Because you have a lot of, you have a lot of gun shops in the middle of nowhere that have inventory because they just don't have the traffic mm-hmm. and the people there all have guns already so you can find a lot of that a lot of good stuff on gunbroker.com and it's like ebay for guns it's good stuff well gary i'll point out that we at modern arms are pretty deep in handguns right now uh larry acquired a, a an estate probably three weeks to a month ago that put him fairly deep in a lot of handguns a lot of really nice revolvers and i was uh in there yesterday um because why wouldn't I be as their current representative for Modern Arms? And uh, I'll let you know that a couple of manufacturers, um, the uh, Glock and the Springfield Ferry, came by and, and left some treats for all the good girls and boys. So there's a few few things on the shelf to talk about. The Glock and the Springfield Ferries. That's right. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, left, some, left, uh, left some treats. There's the Glock Ferry here. Right. Huh? Left some treats for all the good girls and boys that we'll oh talk about this gosh. next hour. <laughs> okay, so we'll let that fairy talk next hour. Um, <laughs> oh, we are in so much trouble. Uh, all right, so uh, J- Joe Biden, I was just talking about, uh, and, and we really do need to get away from national politics, but this is so revolves around the Second Amendment uh, and our right to own and bear arms. Joe Biden said that uh, he would have voted against uh, Heller, uh, the D.C. Heller decision, um, and, and that just gives you an indication of what direction we will be going uh, if, in fact, the Democrats prevail. Do you think that that is a strong enough issue to drive people? Would that would that drive you out to, to vote, Joe? Would that threat that the Second Amendment could be altered uh, or reinterpreted to take away your right to own and bear arms? Absolutely. And I'll tell you this with, without exaggeration. I had a, uh, a female student tell me that she, and these are strong words, she hates Trump, she hates his wife, she's from New York, she thinks he's despicable, but, and I didn't vote for him, but I'm voting now, and all my friends are voting for Trump because he loves this country, 
and the Democrats are, are going to take away the police, they're going to take all of our property, and we will no longer be safe if Trump's not reelected. And that is a recurring theme that I hear often. Wow. So it's anecdotal, but it's, you know, it's, it's promising. I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk national politics, um, the, the, really the key, um, if Trump is going to retain the presidency, it's going to be what I think probably Joe was just describing, and I, we would call way back in the day a Reagan Democrat, and um, a certain percentage of the independents that are going to be turned off by le- maybe a little bit less pro, less what, what Trump is doing, but um, a great deal about what the Democrats are threatening to do. And I think that's where we're headed. That is yeah. what's in the streets right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I think is going to play a key role. Uh, we wouldn't normally do national politics uh, on the program, but because this is all revolving around the Second Amendment, your right to own and bear arms, are kind of uh, have to explore it to a certain extent. Uh, I am curious about Andy and you know how she decided which firearm she wanted. Uh, you know, where did she start? How did she get where she's at? Uh, we love to see uh, more and more women defend themselves. Uh, because when it comes to uh, uh, you know defending yourself against somebody the size of Scott or myself or or uh, even Joe, little Joe, you know he might not be quite as just call me Joey. Joey. Yeah, little, 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 little Joey. Little Joey, yeah, you screw with little Joey, you'll blow your head off. Anyway, uh, you know it's the only way to really for women to protect themselves. So we'll find out how that path worked with Andy. That's coming up. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.90. Hey, welcome. It is uh, 55, oh, 50 minutes after the hour. And uh, Joe Gilbert in JoeGilbert.us. Uh, we've got um, uh, Scott Van Kirk, who will call Larry Whalen for today. Uh, From Scott. the Brown Station location. He's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing him. I'm seeing From, him transform right now. Right, yeah. Well, you know, Larry is always just like bouncing in his chair, like a like a gnome, and I'm I'm trying to capture my inner Larry. I guess it's weird. I mean, I'm like a foot taller than he is. We might weigh the same, but I carry it a bit different. If they put odor readers in Scott's shoes, he'd be the same height. Um, but that's a whole other story. Did that go over everybody's head or or not? I'm not sure. Anyway. Uh, Andy, I'm going to get to you in just a second, but I need to uh, uh, put out a fire here that just, it seems like no matter how many times we talk about this, somebody somewhere asks me about it. Uh, so I'm going to leave this to Scott to clear this up. Uh, message on Facebook, if Joe Biden happens to win and he mandates mask wearing, um, what implications would that have on concealed carry holders? I've heard that you can't conceal carry and hide your identity. Oh, that one. That one's going to pop up, I think, for the to, for the uh, term as long as anybody's wearing a mask for any reason. There is nothing in Missouri state statute that bears anything to do with carrying a concealed weapon and wearing a mask. There's nothing there. There's nothing that says it's prohibited. There's nothing that says it's something. It, it, it lacking the law that says it's prohibited. It is fine. Now, socially, prior to COVID. Um, you immediately would draw some suspicion if you walked into the bank wearing a mask. Carrying a gun. Carrying yeah, a gun. Yep. A combination that would have got you in <laughs> some trouble. That's right. Yeah, let's be absolutely clear. There is nothing in Missouri. Nothing. Abs- I, absolutely sheriff, nothing. Right. The sheriff's department doesn't need to call me again and ask why I'm telling That's, people that they have to, and I've never said they had to. So yeah. you do yeah. not have to. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a fake deal. It's, it's no, it's no, no deal. Yeah, it's no deal. It's no deal. 
So don't worry about it. There is no law prohibiting you from concealed carrying and wearing a mask. It does not exist. There is no problem. Feel free to wear a mask and concealed carry. It's not against any law in Missouri. In Missouri. In fact, I don't know of any anywhere. Maybe there is. Um, and you can go to... You know. there, there was a statute, I think, maybe in Ohio, and I yeah. think it was overturned or, or it was modified yeah. when yeah. COVID Or some, some judicial opinion was yeah. rendered and re that made it moot. I mean, I could see, I don't know, maybe, maybe out west somewhere there back in the Jesse James days or something, there was a deal where you <laughs> couldn't conceal your identity and carry a gun. I don't know, but I don't know. I really would be curious, and we'll never find out, where this started. Yeah, wouldn't you love to trace this back it to started what idiot somewhere. came up with this? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it doesn't exist. I just, uh, w there was a, a listener who posted on Facebook asking this question. I figured if, if he didn't know, there were lots of others who didn't know, and hopefully we've cleared that up. Now we get back to Andy, who's just taken Joe Gilbert's advanced training class. Uh, and the first thing I want to ask you, Andy, is when did you start shooting? Uh, about uh, 12 years ago. Uh, my husband Terry and I would go out to the range, and uh, and thanks to him, um, I had the opportunity to try quite a few different types of weapons. And um, I ended up starting with a, a Ruger LC9, and really didn't care for it <laughs> after a while. And uh, so, uh, twelve years ago, and a lot of target practice. <laughs> did your husband try to tell you which gun to own, or did he leave you to? try out all kinds of things on your own and, and come to your own conclusion? You know, fortunately, he let me come to my own conclusion. And, um, you know, we all shoot differently. We all have different preferences and uh, you know, hand sizes and, and, and things like that. So he was uh, very nice and open and didn't try to force me to pick one gun over the other. <laughs> Who's the better shot, you or Andy? Or, I'm sorry, Andy, you or your... your... <laughs> I'm having a hell of a you time this are. morning. You I'm uh, You or your husband? I am. <laughs> See, now that's that's the case with me. My wife is a better shot than me, uh, and the net result is I treat her with kid gloves. Uh, yes, dear, is no. That's <laughs> exactly. She can hit me from uh, you know five hundred yards uh, with no problem at all. So um, when when you uh, started uh, shooting, <clears throat> did did you? You know, go out and shoot plates. Did you shoot paper? How did you hone your skills? Uh, paper, paper targets out at the range and indoor range. I'd go to Target Master, and back in the day when they had Ladies Day <laughs> or Ladies on Mondays, uh, uh, friends and I would go out and shoot and uh, have some fun. And uh, so, I haven't done the plates yet, but uh, maybe that's next. The plates are fun, but if you're really trying to zero in on accuracy, I think the paper is a much better. Uh, a much better way to go. Joe, uh, you want to kick in on this? Or Larry? I, or, I'm sorry, Larry Scott. <laughs> Man, he's transforming. He's, um, he's convinced me. That's right. At the Brown Station location. So this is Larry slash Scott from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. Um, on the instructor side, personally, I guess maybe I'll just go on the personal training side. Um, I do like to shoot plates. You have the nice opportunity to do it at Green Valley Rifle and Pistol. I like to shoot plates when I'm working on things where I want and I want instant feedback. So if I'm working on, um, you know, I'm a right-handed shooter. If I'm shooting nothing but left hand or offhand, and I want an immediate um, response where I can tell how I'm doing. I will shoot. Uh, I'll shoot a lot of plates because it, right. it immediately tells me how I'm doing without me having to stop, walk up to the target, and see where everything's going. Joe, 
The plates give you the instant feedback, so they are more fun. Fun, yeah. Um, but when you start looking uh, CNS shots, uh, you know, deep brain shots, and and some other things, uh, and lethal hits, you you can't really measure where you're hitting on that on that steel silhouette. So paper has really the predominant place in my in my mind. But plates are if you're doing target transitions, plates are great because you're boom, 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 and uh, you know, depending on the size of the of the steel target, it's it's still a great. A great tool, but that instant feedback is nice because you know you hit it. Yeah, there's nothing more rewarding than hearing that clink yep. and seeing that plate fall over. Uh, and you can always run out there with a can of white spray paint and uh, kind of keep track of some of your shots. Uh, but with the paper, uh, it has the advantage of you know here's how far off I was, uh, here's exactly what I was aiming at, and uh, and I, so it's six of one, half dozen the other. They're both uh, they're both fun, uh, but more fun with the plates, and I think. Uh, easier to zero in on your accuracy with the paper. Yeah, the big thing is don't get close to the steel plates. Uh, and we've done some pretty close training and you're going to get um you're going to get ricochets, you're going to get shots hitting you. That's why we wear safety glasses and and all that gear, but you, you can't get up close and personal with a steel plate or a steel target like you can with paper for certain drills. So um that's something else to consider. Yeah, I've I've gotten a little feedback from the plates on occasion if I'm a little too close. It's never anything serious. I mean, it doesn't even draw blood, but it it could, I suppose. And uh, you know, why inflict yourself with the pain? Um, all right, we're going to chat some more with Andy. We're going to find out what Larry Wayland from Modern Arms from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> the impression that brought uh, in the next hour. I'm Gary Uncon. Hot Talk ninety three nine Eagle.